So once again, we're together, and I'm glad that you and I are speaking and uh, doing one of these deep cuts shows, which basically is an hour of music appreciation, and uh, hopefully uh, turn some people on to things they haven't necessarily heard before, and uh, maybe offer some opinions and uh, that kind of stuff. A lot of people have been commenting on these types of shows, and they seem to be into it, so we're doing more. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I figured you would be the obvious choice of guest because uh, you have such a wide breadth of music knowledge. And you, and once again, you prove that by providing this list to me of bands that I'm totally unfamiliar with. Ah, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's what, when, I, when I made that list and I sent it over to you and you're like, I haven't heard any of these. I'm like, yes, very good. So did you listen to the records? I listened to... Um, yeah, I did a, I did like a, a dive into as many of the, I listened to all the bands, all right, uh, a couple of records, um, you know, just pulling things up on YouTube and uh, Apple Music and uh, checking out definitely the tracks you sent over for sure, but just kind of getting a feel for whatever is out there. And uh, yeah. I definitely have some favorites among the five that you recommended. And um, no, right. And it's all, it's all, they're all good, but I have like a hierarchy of bands that I think I'm going to, I mean, I'm definitely adding all five of these bands to my regular listening, and, uh, but there's cool. some that are higher on the list than others, and we can get into that later. Yeah, I can, I, I, I have an idea which one might be your favorite, <laughs> but we'll come to that. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so we're just going to run through it, and then we're trying something new on this episode after we talk about a record we're gonna have a sound clip and um it'll give you an idea what these bands actually sound like and uh you know just to give a preview so ralph i know that you have a specific order in which you want to attack this so uh so let's kick it off all right so first off before i go to my first pick i want to say in general so if people listening to this are only into like ruthless aggression and music and brutality my picks my picks will certainly not be for you and also if you want to like have crisp and tight musicianship and like a, a decent crispy sound that's also not going to happen <laughs> so <laughs> So yeah, let's dive into it. The first one is a really like an underdog record, which like not a lot of people know. It's called uh, Justice for All by Metallica. <laughs> no, uh, never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, they're like that they potential if they ever uh, have allowed downloads. But yeah, no, no shitting aside. So my first pick is uh, my. <laughs> My favorite metal record of the year so far. It's like the newest record of all of those I chose, and um, I'm always glad to, to like to to know people in bands that I love. That started when like when I met you with Anodyne back then, and you meet someone and you think like, oh cool, like not only their music is cool, but also the people are amazing. And same happened with a band called Turia from the Netherlands, and. Um, they're a three-piece band from Nijmegen in the Netherlands. 
Um, they've been around since 2014, and their record we're going to talk about is called Degen van Licht, which is uh, Dutch for Dagger of Light, and it's their third full-length record. Um, yeah, it's been out on Eisenwald, a really cool record label here in Eastern Germany. It has a lot of great black metal bands, a lot of Swiss bands, a lot of Dutch bands, and um, yeah, Turia just, uh, yeah, something else. Yeah. Is there a big scene in, in Holland for black metal? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I actually like I took notes for for this. And I have to say, for me, as a European black metal fan, I think the Dutch scene right now is the strongest we have in Europe. Um, there's like we've got a lot of cool black metal bands all over the place. But like the Dutch scene is like next level right now especially like this circle of people around there's this label called heresis nubio magi which is actually done by the people in turia like their main protagonist who plays in a gazillion bands and they have like this network of other bands that are like like-minded and they just all are amazing yeah so they well the scene is incredible yeah I, i'm familiar with the name but i'd never actually heard these guys before yeah. So, um, yeah, there's like Turia is a very different kind of band. It's um, we when we booked the first Unholy Passion Fest, which is like Ulta's annual festival, which we did like a couple of times now. I had a tape of a band called Lubert Das, which uh, is also a Dutch band, and I ordered that tape at some point, and I fell in love with it. Approached them if they wanted to play. So they came out and they've been super nice. And two of the guys in Lubert Das also played in Turia. So they had like merch of that band and they said like, okay, here's our other band. Maybe you want to check that out. And when I put it on, at first I was like, huh, so what's this? Because, and let's see what, what you think about my description. I think it sounds like a, um, like a, wait, wait, where did I put it? Oh yeah. If Josh Homme, recorded a black metal record in his desert sessions it would sound like turia i would i wouldn't go with with that direction but uh i can appreciate <laughs> that uh me not being like the biggest josh homie fan but uh but yeah uh, i love his music i don't know the man but uh, i'm yeah. not i'm not a big uh, fan of of uh you know queens of the stone age and that kind yeah. of stuff yeah me neither it's just like it sounds it sounded like a desert black metal record at first to me which totally is not the case because like i mean they're from the netherlands and i mean the, the cover of the record shows like mountains engulfed in fog and the netherlands has a lot of things but no mountains and um so yeah but that was the first impression it's just like it had this weird sound it sounded like also like horseback or earth and um, which is basically the thing that it only has one guitar player and he play, he's playing a Telecaster through a weird setup with a lot of amplifiers. And it's just the way that he plays. So everything is done with one guitar, no bass. It's just drums, one guitar, and a standalone singer. And it's drenched in reverb. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, there's this weird flow to this band. It's not like that you say, like, oh, yeah, this is, this is the hit of the record. But it's just like you play it and you get like soaked in and just like keep in this cloud engulfed in fog. And yeah, that's everything I like about music is that you really you feel the atmosphere and you can get stuck in the record. 
like I said, I'd heard of Turia, but I knew they were European. I didn't know they were from uh, Holland specifically. Uh, but, but, you know, obviously this stuff is like raw. Um, it has that very atmospheric sort of vibe to it. And it made me think of uh, being lost in a cave in the... Uh, What's that H.P. Lovecraft um, short story where the guy's lost in a cave and there's like some creature that he hears? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. what this conjures up to me is being lost in a cave in total darkness and hearing the stirrings of some ancient beast that's probably looking to feed on you at some point. So that that's my impressions of this band. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, the picture you paint is actually like I just finished reading the reddening after I saw you. Oh uh, yeah, man. Posting that that was a good book, and I can totally see that. Yeah, it's just it's just funny when you when you know the people behind the band and especially like this voice. It's a girl singing, and not that that that's matter like in any case, but her voice is so incredible and so harsh, and yeah, it's just like it's so driving. The whole music and yeah, I can I can see what you mean with that with that roaring beast. Um, yeah, and it's it's actually pretty like Turia is a very good representative of all the bands that the guitar player who's the main guy and uh, he's involved in. Like he has this other he he played in Lubert Das. There's this other band Nusquama where uh, she's also singing and he's playing. He has solo band called solar temple Iskander. they have a band called imperial cult which is just like a track of 30 minute blast beat and they do all this kind of stuff and all these records are just outstandingly good and all have this certain atmosphere and it's just the way they write these songs and the guitar riffs it's something you know like i mean i guess you're the same way as i am that you like sometimes see a band play and you're just like yeah that's cool but i can write something like this too like just from a technical perspective and then you hear these bands and you have no idea what they're doing like the first time i listened to ulcerat and i was like um okay <laughs> or Deathwell omega i was like how do you do that and kind of it's kind of like this but just like more atmospheric and not as chaotic yeah, it's it's cool, man. I'm definitely going to dive into all these uh, these bands. Uh, what what's the what would be a good source to find out about more of those bands from these the scene in Holland? Um, well, I guess the best thing is to go to the website of Resist Noviomagi. They also have like Facebook and Instagram. Um, I don't know, like it's it's difficult to write, but if you go, like go to Turia Bandcamp and then you will find a link to the website. And then you have like a list of all these bands. Yeah. Right on, man. So we're going to play a track or at least uh, a segment of a track. Uh, so what, what song are we, are we listening to, uh, Ralph? Want to give us an intro? Um, okay, wait, let me see. The first, uh, yeah, this is the actual opener. So this record has a small intro and then it starts. It's called Marode. And I don't know if I'm saying this right. Uh, I, I know like these three guys, they always try to explain to me how to say the words in Dutch correctly, but I might butcher it. So Marode, which is the opening track, and it has all the traits that you have in, in Turia. It's like these blast beats, the reverb, the vocals, the speed, the riffing. Yeah, let's see if you enjoy it.
Yeah, that was pretty uh, pretty dark for sure. Yeah, that's uh, the way I like my black metal. Like you <laughs> like your coffee. I'm actually drinking some black coffee as we speak. Uh, I, that's actually not a surprise. <laughs> it's like I don't know if I've ever seen you without a coffee. So what do we got next? I'm on, I'm on the edge um, of my seat, man. Oh, oh. Um, I would go with the oldest record now. But since we had the the newest record from 2020 with Turia, I'm going to the oldest one in the catalog for today, which is called "From the Lion's Mouth" by a band called The Sound, and it's uh, it came out in 1981. Yeah, it's um, I when I when I when I did this list, I, I bounced around like several ideas. At first, I wanted to do like no metal at all. Then I was just like only only black metal. And then I was thinking, okay, just European bands and like, no, just American bands. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I just like take some bands that I really, really enjoy and people need to know. And the sound is one of these bands. And I want to start with a quote that I found like in a blog uh, about this record. The opening line said, some burn out, others fade away. Then there are those, like the sound, who never get the chance to do either. Which is like a perfect description for this band, because they've been around from 1979 until 1988, and no one really gave a shit about them. And it's a shame, because that band, and especially this record, is just so over-the-top good. And it's my candidate for the band that you would like most in this catalog, uh, in, in my picks of today. Really? Okay. Yeah, th- th- they were like, they were number two. We, ah, number, okay. number one is a different band, though, but it's like, you're, 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 not, you're not too far off base. Let's, let's yeah. leave, and we'll, I'll, when we get to my number one, I'll tell you who it is. But, all right, uh, all right. I, I, once again, I heard, I heard of this band being mentioned in the same conversation as like say gang of four and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, like people would mm-hmm. talk about like the late seventies and early eighties, like post punk and you know, that kind of, um, that kind of vibe. And, and the sound would be the, the band that I'm like, Oh, someday I got to check these guys out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, I feel like, uh, just now I started listening to them because of your recommendation. <laughs> so, well, but which is kind of the idea of these episodes, I guess. And exactly. Uh, bet, better late than never. And yeah, I mean, it's just such an underappreciated band. And um, yeah, I mean, if you if you like, if you check a bit of the story of that band, it's actually pretty sad because they they came like they're from South London, and uh, they came out at the time when Joy Division just broke and were big. Echo and the Bunny Man was like everybody's darling. And you had like bands like The Cure coming out, and uh, yeah, every every record label wanted to have their new U2 or something like this. And um, well, the band is built around Adrian Balland, who was like the main guy, and he had a punk band called The Outsiders, and they broke up, and they took like one of the guys from The Outsiders and formed The Sound. And yeah, then they did a first EP and a first record called Jeopardy, and uh, the critics loved them but no one gave a shit about them outside apart from the press. And then they did the second record, which is the one we talk about um, from the lion's mouth. And for me, it's just incredible. Like every song on this record is a hit. And um, it's, uh, if you listen to it, you're like, why didn't people get it back then? 
But then again, if you think about it, was there were so many bands like the names and uh, Comset Angels and these. I don't. I want to. Don't want to call them like second row post punk, but they were definitely not like the popular bands. And some of the bands are good, and they have like their one or two hits. But I think in comparison to everything, and I'm maybe like a bit over like over my head right now, but I think Echo and the Bunnyman, with all their collected works, don't have as many hits as the sound has on this one record. That's a pretty uh, pretty heavy statement, man. and um, I I tend to agree, man. Like I I listened to this entire album, and um, I was like, man, why didn't I not check this out? like earlier because like i said you know i would talk to people that are you know well versed in in post-punk and i'd read articles and this band was definitely mentioned but say for example if some i was reading an article and there was like five bands mentioned i might really only get around to immediately listening to the first three on that list yeah of course and and if the sound had been you know introduced to me as like number two i probably would have listened to them and yeah you know and um, yeah, so it's uh, better late than never, I guess. But yeah, I'm really, really, uh, really into this record, and this this band is like uh, like a uncovering like a hidden treasure to me. Yeah, and it's it's I think that's one of the one of the benefits of the modern age of music, like of listening to music in the way we do, like mostly now. Um, I mean, us old people, you know, like old fucks like Randy, <laughs> you and I. <laughs> Um, who grew up with like Walkman and and Discman and all this kind of crap? Um, now you have something like I mean, for I for example, I, I use Spotify, and then you play a record you like. For example, let's let's say you listen to a Cure record, and then when it's done, it just starts to shuffle songs. And I like sometimes I just like clean my flat or like something like this, and all of a sudden it's like what the hell is that song and then you get like okay i heard the name i've never heard the band and now it's playing something to me like this and i had people like that knew i love the sounds like dude i just had this shuffle moment where like they played a song by the sound and it's so good i'm like yep and um yeah so that's like cool that you can check out everything but then again you have so much stuff and it's just like where do you start yeah so that's like kind of where like curated things come in hand you know which is kind of like i guess one of the mission statements of this particular type of podcast is we're trying to like point people in the right direction and exactly you know even the overarching concept of gimme metal which is uh you know the platform that this show is connected to uh is curated lists by people that you know like dan lilker's got a show and if you like grind well actually dan's into all kinds of shit but it's like if you are, are a fan of Dan Loker, you should listen to his show and he could turn you on to a bunch of stuff that you probably have never heard. Right. That's the cool thing about this whole internet thing. And I mean, I appreciate this. That's why I listen to Gimme Metal and your podcast. And I'm always like, okay, cool. Didn't know about that. And it's really interesting. So that's why I'm stoked to be part of this now. And maybe some American that has never heard about this British post-punk band, or maybe that is not even into post-punk at all, will get this a shot and say like, that's a new facet to my life that I didn't know I needed, but now I need it. Well, you know, it's funny because I had the same conversation with Barney. You know, I, I keep, I, I'm still like very impressed with that episode that I just recorded yesterday and, and I actually gotten a chance to talk to this guy. But, you know, like um, one of the things that we talked about was how extremity or extreme music doesn't necessarily mean that it's 
fast drums, you know, metal guitars, screaming vocals. It, extremity could be like emotional extremity or uh, I think, you know, post-punk and like industrial music definitely falls into that that category because it's not yes. happy, you know, pop music. You know what I mean? It's It's an extreme, it's dark and it's an extremity of darkness. It's a shade of darkness that actually has a different bandwidth than say listening to napalm deaths like more more aggressive music or like yeah you know all that stuff kind of fits together in my my opinion totally and it's like if you if you listen to the sound record yeah it's like the the, the lyrics and the feeling of the music is very bleak almost comparable to like joy division's closer but yet it's not like drowning in pessimistic wallowing but like having a more you know like triumphant urgency to the songs and words it's almost uplifting in its sadness, and but it's still heavy, even though it's like almost pop music. You know what? You know what band that also reminds me of. I, I don't know if how many of you guys out there are familiar with this band, but th this is a pretty obscure band. It's called Mission of Burma. Ah, yeah. yeah well, they, which which of the five hundred records they did? You mean? <laughs> yeah, but I mean like the early Tang record stuff. Those first couple yeah. of records. There, there's like. Uh, something about the sound kind of calls that into mind, like that stuff. Yeah, you know, totally. Yeah, I see that. I love Mission of Burma, and uh, they have like some records. Uh, yeah, it has the same drive, the same sound and feeling. Yeah, good, 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 good recommendation. So what's uh, what's our sample for this one, Ralph? Um, yeah, so we're going to use the first track of the record called "Winning." Because uh, when I thought about this, it's like my all-time favorite record next to Violator by Dipesh Mode is The Cure's Pornography. And it starts with the opening line, um, it doesn't matter if we all die, which is like The Cure's like most, like my, my favorite song line. And this song, Winning, is the first um, song on the record. It's really hypnotic, and it starts with, what holds your hope together, make sure it's strong enough. When you reach the end of your tether, it's because it wasn't strong enough. And that combined with uh, knowing that the guy, um, Ad Adrian Boland, uh, threw himself in front of a train in Wimbledon, get killed um, because he had like a schizophrenic disorder and kept fighting his depression. I think it's a very well-chosen like, well first song that people can dig into, and it's their hit.
So what do we got up up uh, on deck next, Ralph? Okay. Uh, again, uh, a complete shift of sound, but like we had black metal, which I love. We had a post-punk, which I love. And the third big thing I'm into are movie scores and uh, ambient music. And uh, my number one record in the year 2018 was a record with only two tracks, which still lasts about, around 40 minutes. It's, uh, it's a record called The Immeasurable Spiral by a story of rats. Yeah, that's my my record I want to talk about now. Yeah, you know what, man? You actually are one of the people years ago that started, um, you know, like sparked my interest in listening to movie scores. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I, I'd start dabbling in it, you know, listening to uh, Ennio Morricone. And then you sent me the, um, oh, the film. Uh, the Fountain. The Fountain, yes. You sent me yeah. the soundtrack for that, yeah, and that's when I really dove deep into listening to like Hans Zimmer and you know, then yeah. going back to like John Carpenter's uh, scores, yeah. you know, and and yeah, so this this is like, uh, I I really enjoyed this. Yeah, is th- is this the one? No, we still haven't hit <laughs> oh, it yet, dude. Okay, so oh, wow, okay, um, yeah, it's like. Um, we should actually do like an episode of Metal Matters at some point just about the heaviness of movie scores or something like this. That's a great idea, uh, actually. I, I think we should do that. Yeah. Um, so w- when I like how I came about to pick this record is, first of all, it was like in 2018, which was the most miserable year I had in ages. I really like, oh, God, I was devastated. And that's also when we recorded The Inextricable Wandering, um, our record uh, back then. Um, and I kept listening to this immeasurable spiral, which is more like the spiral I kind of fell into than um, the the spiral record of uh, Nine Inch Nails back then. Um, it's just like I I love this record so much. First of all, it's like how do you describe it? It's a it's a it's a record. If you're into ambient and drone, it's this in the furthest sense. The, the record that came closest for me is Coil's music to play in the dark. Yeah, I so can see that. If you, yeah. if, you can, if you dig Coil, listen to this record. If you like Boron and the Club of Gore, might do this. Um, but also if you like bands like Locrian or Pinkish Black, it also has this thing. It's, um, um, I, well, I actually like found something on their, on, their, uh, on their band campsite, which actually maybe I just read that out, which is a good introduction to what that band is. Is that okay for me? Yeah, this? go ahead, man. Go yeah. for it. So Story of Rats is a duo consisting of the Los Angeles and Seattle-based artists Garrick J. Druss, I hope I pronounced his name correct, and Daniel Salo. The collaboration was formed to create, it, to create an environment and atmospheres that enable the listener to engage in a higher experience that resembles an ecstatic awareness of transcendence. Using analog and digital synthesizers, drum programming, vocals, um, they create a shadow of that often occurs itself between sound installation and tangibility and time, which fits because uh, Drus is also a visual artist. I follow his Instagram and he always posts very intriguing things. And um, yeah, the record is two tracks of, I don't know, it feels like lava. It's just like meandering in your ears and shapes the sound. It's mostly synthesizers drum loops 
and like whispered vocals and um, I don't know, it's pure atmosphere. And yeah, that's that's what I like what engaged my interest in it. That that's pretty much on point. Uh, one thing I'm going to add to that is, like, I've never drank Robitussin before. Uh, I hear that uh, that's like a big thing these days is to get fucked up on Robitussin, mm-hmm. and um, I imagine that is what this experience of listening to this record would be like. Is like this heavy, syrupy kind of like involvement with your environment where yeah. things are slowed down and just kind of very, uh, very distant. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, like, when I listen to this kind of music, it's always like, oh, it's psychedelic, it's this, and like, yeah, so I never drink a zip of alcohol in my whole life, so I have no idea how this feels like, because I've never been intoxicated, like, except for maybe sugar when I drink too much cola. <laughs> but... Um, Aside from that, it's like, I don't know why wild music like this resonates so well with me, but it's because, like, I always, I think a lot of, like, a lot about my dreams, and I'm a really, like, my dreams are really visual, and that's maybe also why I like uh, Twin Peaks and the work of David Lynch, and I think if if a story of rats would do, like, a contribution to a David Lynch movie from Soundwise, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah, definitely. And I, there is a very dreamlike quality to it. And um, yeah, it just feels very, I, I, the word distant always comes up when I, when I the, few, the few times I've listened to this record over the last few days, it's like, I feel like, like a distance, like you're observing something yeah. far away and yeah. uh, kind of taking it in, you know. For me, the, the picture, like with most of these bands, I, I love driving my car when it's dark and being alone, open the window, listening to music. And this is definitely like a, an alone in my car at night music. Um, it's just where you observe yeah, the, the, the nature of things around you is just moving and you're just like an observer. And yeah, that's kind of what it feels like. And what is cool about this record is like, I mean, it's a it's a very like a, a record that's not going to be successful in the slightest. But then again, you have <clears throat> have um, Randall Dunn recorded it. And I'm, I guess you know Randall Dunn. Heck. I, I don't, you know? I, I know, I know who he is. Um, yeah. I mean, he recorded the Stephen Von Till uh, solo, the last solo record Steve did. Yeah, he did. Like he recorded Earth and Sun and he's part of the Sun live crew and Wolves in the Throne Room, The Last Ashbor. He himself plays in a band called Master Musicians of Bukake and it's just like he's an incredible sound engineer. And um, then mastered it was by James Plotkin, which uh, like from Carnate fame. So it's like all these big names doing like this more ambient kind of record, which gives it a really organic, natural sound. And it's just the sound of that record that's also already captivating. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I know Plotkin uh, personally. He's a good guy. Yeah, he he did like he actually mastered the first Planks record all these years back, and yep. yeah, I was always liked his work. Yeah. And uh, when I when I when I thought about doing this record, which to to like get back to the beginning of um uh, of what we talked about, the uh, do you know the movie Beyond the Black Rainbow? Of course, of course I do. That's like yeah. <laughs> that's like definitely one of my like you know, go to like weirdo movies for sure. 
Yeah, and the soundtrack um, soundtrack to that one was uh, done by Sinoya Caves, a.k.a. Jeremy Schmidt. Yeah. Nice last name, by the yeah. way. And um, so that soundtrack reminds me a lot of that, too. It's like, I mean, if, if people out there don't know Beyond the Black Rainbow, it's a weirdo Canadian science fiction slash a bit of horror. I don't know. It's But it's definitely also a trip. And the soundtrack is also this textures of synthesizers and shit. And if you dig music like this, if you like, I don't know, uh, uh, these classic crowd rock bands, Tangerine Dream and stuff, you might dig this record a lot. Yeah, yeah that's uh, actually Beyond the Black Rainbow. I, I have this, the score on uh, vinyl. Yeah, I, I don't have it yet. I just bought it yesterday on Discogs, so I will own it very shortly. <laughs> and uh, the guy who uh, put that movie together is Panos Cosmatos, who also did Mandy, which came out uh, like oh. last year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think, he's, uh, I think he's a fan of extreme music. I've been trying to get in touch with that guy over the last couple of months, trying to get oh, him on that, the show, actually. That, that would be cool. Very interesting got to keep it fresh man you got to have you can't just talk about the same things over and over again have the same like uh yeah. oh yeah we got this guy from this band coming on to talk about his new record or whatever you got to have like side to side action too you know yeah that's that's the cool thing about like the guests you had also with Daylac and and all this stuff it's like pushing the boundaries a bit more of extreme music so yeah it would be amazing to get him on yeah so obviously we're not going to play this track in its entirety. So uh, so you want to give us a little little intro, a little preview to this, what we're about to hear? Yeah, I uh, I chose like a, a snippet from the second track of that record, uh, The Calm Lake, which in total is 18 minutes long. And uh, this is somewhere, I think, around five minutes in, where like the first, um, like there's a kind of a choir coming into the play with all the synthesizers and shit. And it's just like, yeah, it's also the same with uh, with the fountain soundtrack. These moments when there's this choral ec uh, part, like vocals being blended in, it always gives me goosebumps. That's why I chose this part. So I hope you enjoy it. So we're getting into the home stretch now. We only got two more wow. tracks to cover. And uh, all right, yeah. So, so what what do we got up next, Ralph? Um, maybe the the first furthest out thing so far <laughs> when it comes to being a metal fan. And I think uh, some of the true black metal people out there that always dread Ulfa in my band, um, they were with like, oh, of course he likes shit like this. Uh, this is the band uh, from the UK called Linea Aspera. Um, it's a, well, what is it? Experimental electronic, minimal synth, cold wave music to dance to, and uh, very organic and kind of cold, yeah, cold wave. Um, 
what comes to mind? I don't know. If you if you know if you only know Anne Clark's Sleeper and Metropolis, that one song, this is pretty much this in a contemporary version with like more tracks and it's a duo. And yeah, I I if I would dance, I would dance to this record, but I don't dance because I look ridiculous doing it. <laughs> This is actually my favorite track, my favorite out of the, out of the five. Oh wow! Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, are are yeah. you surprised? Um, I kind I, I knew you would like it, but I didn't think it would be your favorite. But yeah, I mean, I was sure it wasn't the last one. But it's, it's um, it's that's uh, I'm happy. Yeah, cool. Um, so what do you like about it? Well, uh, I I am um, definitely a very big appreciator of this style of music. You know, mm -hmm. minim, minimal electronics, um, you know, dark wave, uh, female fronted bands. Um, you know, it's this stuff is very much uh, the kind of stuff I like. And, you know, very, very different from the kind of things that I would do creatively. Uh, you know, I, I dip into this world a little bit creatively, but uh, I just don't have have it in me to make music like this necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my like. Uh, toxic masculinity uh, always uh, supersedes my uh, my more sensitive side. And it becomes a little everything I do becomes a little more ham fisted, you know. So I don't think I would be a very good uh, dark wave uh, musician, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> that's all done. That's all stated ironically, by the way. Um, what are you afraid that some people will take this for granted? What you're saying? <laughs> um, yeah, but no, this is a great track, man, and it's like. It reminds me, you know, it, it's like music for nighttime. You know, it's like a night yeah. night music. You, it's like midnight and you're out. And um, it just reminds me of uh, being able to go out in public with other people, which is something we can't do right now. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, like I know like St. Vitus, the, this venue uh, in Brooklyn yep. that, you know, we, I've, Tombs has played there many times and I've gone to many shows there they also have like uh you know certain nights where they play uh, dark wave music and you know, it just reminds me of going out having that feeling of like being in an environment where you know it's it's uh social you know and yeah. you can but you can also stand in the corner and just listen to the music which is what you know yeah. i always tend up doing you know so so be you you're like the the mean-eyed creep in the in the in the back yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> it's actually funny that you say this because um, I, I picked this one because I thought about like what we spoke about earlier before we started recording this. It's like um, going out and meeting your friends instead of like being miserable at home, which we tend to do sometimes um, when this world ever goes back to normal. Like one of the things I did like two years, it's all, already two years ago that I've been to the States and uh, I, and when I hung out in, in, in Brooklyn and like met all like these old friends from Junius and Woe and um, Glorious Depravity, the, the new band with Chris and Matt from, uh, from Woe and Doug from Ferron or Pyron, I don't know how to pronounce their name. Um, they played their first show at uh, St. Vitus. Yeah. And and uh, I remember, like, I, at that time, I think I stayed with Mike of Junius, and I took took the took the subway, and I actually like drove in the dark with the subway, listening to Linea Aspera as I drove to that venue. So there you have it. It's a good a good combination to what you just said. <laughs> yeah, it has that late night vibe. You know, it's like uh, yeah. 
It also reminds me of being on the subway on a, late on a weeknight. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we, you know, like after say ten or eleven o'clock at night, you drive the, you know, you're on the subway and it's like there's not that many people, and yeah. you can. I I remember taking a photograph one night when I was I posted it on Instagram of me sitting in a subway car and there was literally no one else on it, and I was like, ah, yes, finally alone. Yeah, you know, and it was. This, it reminds me of moments like that listening to this band and um yeah I mean I, I'm, I'm all I'm, I'm on board with these guys I'm definitely uh, yeah. gonna be exploring they, I think they have three LPs right no actually no no they have um they did an EP and this EP was so well received that like a German and an American label decided to re-release it but wanted to do like a full record so they re-recorded some of the tracks added some new ones and that became the first self-titled EP which this uh, track I send you uh, was on. After that they did another EP and then they broke up because they've just been around from 2011 and, uh, 11, uh, until 2013 but they just reformed and just released a new record this year which I haven't oh, wow. heard yet okay. but uh, I have to get on this because Allison the singer um, I mean, there are two people. There's like Ryan Ambridge. He wrote, recorded, mixed, and mastered all the songs. And Alison Lewis, a.k.a. Zoe Zanias, she's an Australian-born and resides in Berlin now. And she has a solo project going on under her name, Zanias, where she embraces even more her... Uh, she loves Lisa Gerard. And I think you can hear it in her voice, in a way. In a way. Um and um, so they, well, they've been around the block and did a lot of things, but they just like reformed this year or like late last year, played some shows and released a new record this year. So something to put in your year's end list, maybe. If you yeah, know, maybe. I, I'm going to look into it. I, um, I'm just saying like, you know, from the, you know, my, my sort of um, feverish attempt at getting my arms around all these all these new bands like i think yeah, i sure. saw like three releases maybe one of them was like a 12 inch or something like that. yeah but, that might be uh, the ep or something yeah. yeah so yeah if you're if you're like if people are into bands like boy harsher who are super popular or so lebanon hanover even though they're more i don't know more guitar focused but still like danceable dark and minimalistic yeah the neaspera might some be, be something for you I feel like you have to be European to make this kind of music. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe, but yeah, but she's Australian. But uh, ah. no, I, I, yeah, but but like, I mean, she res she lived in London and they started in London, and I think it sounds very much like London to me. And um, also, like now she's in Berlin and she's part of that whole underground. There's like a, a really good like harsh noise techno electronic scene there with the labels Instruments of Discipline and Fleisch, which means flesh. And that she's involved with that, and she's DJing a lot. And there are a lot of great dark electronic bands in in that category. And yeah, Linea Spera kind of pushed open the doors for a lot of that stuff. You know, back, uh, I'm back, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, man. Yeah. Let me interrupt. No, it's just like uh, when 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 that record came out back then, New York had a, like this label Weird Records. I don't mm -hmm. know, even don't even know if they're still around. But they had bands like Sino and Oaklander, Letterest, and bands like this, who kind of did the same thing, like this cold wave, like loops, electronics music, and they all these bands are amazing. And it's the same, like you said, I have no idea how to approach this. 
I just bought a like a mini cork to like involve some synths in, in Ropes of Night, my post-punk band. Um, but I want to do like music like this, but I have no idea how to approach that. Yeah, Weird Records also had um, they had like a dance, like a goth night or dark wave dance night at uh, right. This I forgot even the name of the venue, but it was a, they were doing that for a number of years. I'm not sure yeah. if they're still active as a label though. Yeah, but that was like also that time when I just moved back to my old hometown around 2012 when all these bands came out. I was playing this shit all day and all night. So, yeah, and Linea Spera kind of stuck out because I just think the vocal arrangements of Allison are just next level. And it's so moody and it's so bombastic and being minimalistic. It's, yeah, it's not, I think, well, it's not easy to do something like this and be so good at it. So what's the name of this uh, this track? And and again, a name that I will probably butcher. It's called Malarone, I think, <laughs> and it's it's definitely there. The first song I heard from then, and it's the one that gets stuck in your ear instantly. So, if you ever wanted to dance to a podcast, maybe now's the time. Now we're in the last round, the final of the five songs, the five bands yes. that we're discussing. Yeah. So the last band is called Slayer. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know if that if that if the joke was goofy in the first place. But I, well, the last one again is um, I was thinking about doing two black metal records. And uh, I actually wanted to do like a funeral doom thing because I'm a sucker for funeral doom and there's a lot of like atrocious shit. But then I decided no, because there's this one band that I just really, really love right now. And like being Turia being for me the best European black metal band right now, the band called Sanguine Eagle from New York is uh, my momentarily favorite black metal band from the US. And they released... Um, two records last year on profound lore which of one one's called shores of avarice and the other one is called storm mysticism and the first one shores of avarice has been released as a tape in 2018 already but i decided to like do both of these because they for me they they work as a unit in a way because there's a lot of interludes and a quiet stuff and yeah so for me i always play these both records back to back and yeah it's um really raw black metal and um when i think about i mean i have so many friends in the in the u.s especially in new york and they're all engaged in these amazing bands and um that's a theory i always had it's just like there's like kind of two groups in a way so correct me if i'm wrong but there's this one group around bands like tombs whoa black anvil krellis bellis furon and this is the one and the other one is the the scene around the label house of first light 
which has Yellow Eyes, Sanguine Eagle, Varnum, Vilkasis, and all these bands. And there's actually only one band member which is shared, which is the bass player in Yellow Eyes is also the bass player in Anicon. But um, yeah, it's like I, it feels like parallel scenes in a way. <laughs> I could see that, yeah, because like I had never heard of these guys before, honestly. And uh, yeah, definitely, there's more of uh, like I mean, us and Black Anvil for sure are are two you know very close bands, and uh, I could see where like I, I we've never played with with any of these other bands on the other side of uh, that you mentioned, and I think a lot of it is like maybe venues and. Yeah. Back back uh, several years ago, there was the Acheron, which was like I imagine more of those bands playing shows there, and yes. Saint Vitus, which is like like we've only played the Acheron once, and that show was basically a, a show that could have happened at Saint Vitus. It was with us and Black Anvil and uh, Dark Side, and uh, you know it's it's like a show that probably should have happened at Vitus, but it happened at at, at the Acheron, and I mean wait, I had not, wait, wait. nothing against. The, the place or anything, but just the way yeah. things kind of sort themselves out sometimes, you know. Are you talking about Dark Side New York City? Yeah. That old hardcore band? Yep. Wow. Oh, man, I had a 7-inch of them once, and I remember that to be really cool. That's a, wow, I didn't know they were around still. They're still doing their thing, man, for sure. Kind of like Starkweather. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Starkweather's yeah. never going to, they're always going to, they're eternal you know yeah hopefully yeah. <laughs> so yeah about uh, about sanguine eagle is um uh, this this whole group again it's like kind of that that's why i thought like i do a cluster with turia and sanguine eagle first off they this house of first light thing is also very like an incest kind of thing because everybody plays in everybody's band and it's like uh it sometimes feels like there's one guy who writes all the stuff and then it's like, so I want to play live. Who's available? And then they just like, oh, I can do it. And then they mix around. So the Yellow Eyes guitar player played in Sanguine Eagle once. Mike of Fell Voices played drums in Sanguine Eagle once. And and so like they mingle. And um, and I always envied something like this because the cities I lived in and still live in here in Germany, they don't have that. There's like almost no band in Cologne that I actually think would be like-minded enough to share like a band with. Um, so these guys have it. The other bands like Woe and Bellas, and they're also intertwined, maybe because Lev is playing in pretty much all of them. Uh, but, uh, um, so yeah, like these, these House of First Light bands, they're not following the trend of what is being popular right now, which is um, mostly like what Mugwa does. So the, the Polish scene has a huge influence on black metal right now. And I think these bands, they don't look to Poland, especially Sanguine Eagle, is more influenced by Russian and Ukrainian black metal. So if you ever heard like of obscure Russian black metal where the chance is like 98% that it's like not politically correct, that's pretty much an influence on this band. And... Um, it has a certain, I don't know, like how to describe it. It's like there's another band called Barnum, which clearly they they focus on the Greek black metal. So like Macabre Omen or Rotting Christ. So it's really heroic, masculine in a way. This Sanguine Eagle stuff is also majestic, but in a different way. It's got tons of melody. It's really repetitive. The drummer 
is not allowed to play the cymbals in most of the parts. So it's just like a, the hi-hat snare blast or right right and, and snare blast. Um, really, like, I don't know. It's, it's also captivating. It sucks you in. And, like, these melodies are just incredibly beautiful and sad without being miserable. That's how I kind of would describe it. Yeah, it's I got a somber tone to it, and um, I was surprised to learn just now that they're from uh, the the New York area. Uh, yeah. I, I assume they were they were Europeans, actually. <laughs> yeah, see, they're like yeah, they're, they're they sound very European. Yeah, and it's uh, it's the thing is like the one the the main guy again. It's like with with Omar and Turia, who's like pretty much the driving force behind the label here is Nubio Magi and all these bands you have the same thing here with um, an entity called Lamb that's what he calls himself and I know his real name but he's he's kind of like secretive about it and um, he has like he has this band and he's also in Hand of Glory and a dozen other bands and the cool thing about all these bands the same with Turia but also with like all these House of First Light bands is you you, you feel when you listen to it how much they appreciate the the craft work of black metal you know the craftsmanship the yeah. the tradition but without all being too goofy about it so you know so they, they if you if you watch a live video of Sanguine Ego play chances are you don't see anything because they are the only band that uses more fog than we do with Ulfa. But then, like, if there is a clearing in the fog, it's just, like, pretty much regular guys. There's not a lot of, like, stage banner or, or like, movement, but they just play so ferociously. And that's something I always see with tombs and bands like this. It's just, like, from the heart, it's, like, 110% in your face when you play. And it's just this certain honesty about it, which I really treasure in black metal, because let's face it here, most bands, the image is first, then you have to do the corpse paint or you have to do like some flick and then the songwriting comes second. But I'm always like in my heart, I'm a pop music fan. So I want melody. I want a hook. I want to like remember a song when I hear it. And that's when you listen to these two Sanguine Eagle songs, even though some of these songs are super long and repetitive there's this red line that keeps you attracted, that lures you in and that won't let you go. And that's what I love about them. Yeah, it's cool. And, and uh, you say that this is on profound lore. That's, that's a, la a label <laughs> yeah. that I follow. Um, yeah. They, they put out so much stuff though, man. That's the thing. Yeah. And also they, I mean, they, they, they've changed it up. It's, it's the same with relapse. It's, I, I appreciate it that labels that used to be only like this one kind of music doing all this different stuff, but it's incredible to see that Sanguine Ego is on the same roster as Photocrime or Mutual Friend Ryan, yeah. which is like totally different shores of music, but just like it's intense, honest music, and that's what Profound Lore does. And I know that um, Sanguine Ego, they had, a, like, they had a demo out, I think, four years ago, and that was like a shockwave through the black metal underground. I just know everybody went apeshit for that. And it had to be reprinted like a couple of times. And then they did a seven inch, a split seven inch. And then all of a sudden it was just like, okay, we have two records and they're coming out at the same time. And I remember that they at first wanted to remain so obscure to say like, no, we just want to do tapes. They're one of these bands that have like, okay, we have a new tape out. They're 20 made. They will be on sale at that one show. 
And then you're like, cool, thanks. I'm living in Germany. I have no chance of ever scoring one of those. Yeah. But but then, like, I don't know what Profound Lord did, but they scored the deal to, like, release both of these records. And if you listen to them and you expect, like, for me, Profound Lore was, like, massive, big production in death metal or doom. And then you have this, which is clearly old-school black metal in the way that it sounds, like, recorded on tape. Which it pretty much is, I think. Yeah, that's how it, that's the vibe I caught from it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah the profound lore stuff though is cool though. I mean, I I, I really like uh, Impetuous Ritual and, and Abyssal. Um, as yeah, two bands that I'm I'm really into these days. Yeah, they have also they also released uh, Vanum, which is like one of the other bands which has Kyle of Ashborer and Mike of of Fell Voices on it. And it's like, uh, that's also, it's cool that they're on there. And I like that Profound Lore is keeping things interesting. I like they're still sticking to their original recipe, but like adding all these layers of new bands that are really honest. And that's what I respect about that label. Yeah. All right, man. So that's, that's our last song and uh, our yeah. last band. And uh, we'll use this to take us out of this episode then. So you got any closing thoughts on uh, what we just did? Yeah, first off, uh, thanks for having me doing this. That was a lot of fun. Um, I spent more time doing research on about everything I wanted to talk about than I did for the, the whole job for this week, which is cool. <laughs> I have to get my priorities straight. Um, and it's cool to like share some of this. So please keep on doing these episodes. I'm curiously waiting for the next one to tell me about Guru at New Bands. Um, yeah, Sanguine Eagle, if you like raw black metal like it's supposed to be in the way that tapes were the true medium of black metal, um, this uh, night, uh, why, oh, oh shit, it's, I, I forgot the name, <laughs> uh, Bright Bride of the Blizzard, I'm an idiot, sorry, yeah. so yeah, that's, uh, and like a blizzard, we will storm out of here, I guess, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks, dude, for having me. Yeah, man. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Metal Matters, an official Gimme Metal podcast. Tune in next week and see what we have in store for you. This show is available on all streaming platforms. Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, etc. Also, be sure to check out Gimme Metal, streaming on the web, iOS, or Android. For one of the best metal communities, exclusive merch, interviews, and so much more. I'll catch you guys next week. Take care.